Actually, I'm Mitch and joining me is Luke. What up, squad? Um, <laughs> so, uh, we're back. Yeah. In term two. Mm, how, how was your holidays, Mitch? Oh, it was very, very good. Um, it's very relaxing. We didn't, we didn't go anywhere, like, overseas or anywhere. But it was, it was good. Good mm. to have a break from school. Me and Mitch went to this, um, tree house, tree, tree adventure kind tree of thing. Tree surfing. And it was, mm. it was good. really good, man. It was good. I love the stairs. Yeah. And ladders, ladders, ladders. I hated the ladders. Anyway, um, so we'll start with the wrapping. Had a pretty busy start so far. Even week one was jam-packed. Mm, it was very, you know. Yeah. The junior school council had their first meeting last week and they will be sharing their student profiles with the school community over the coming weeks. Mm. And a huge thank you to all the generous... generous Gen- generous. Generous students and parents and staff at Wembley who donated to the Good Friday Appeal... Uh, fundraising, activity. fundraising activity who raised an outstanding sum of over twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand buckaroos. Members of the JSC and Stevie Grace will be visiting the Royal Children's Hospital this term to present the check to the appeal organisers. Mm. That's that's very exciting. And the Year Threes had a democracy and community incursion. Nice. And on Friday we have our we had our three six athletics uh, day at the athletics track, which we're talking about later in the podcast. So we won't mention anything now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so in week two this week, the premier's reading challenge letter went out, and it also has the passwords and the login information. Mm. See your teacher if you. Haven't got a note just yet. Yes. And on Monday, our uh, 3-6 cross-country was held in McIver Reserve. The top four finishes uh, within each category go forward to the district cross-country. By the way, I came seventh, which yeah. is... I'm really happy with myself for that. Mm. Even though I didn't make it into the team. I don't know what I can be, yeah. I did good... And I didn't stop. I kept on running and I didn't yeah. stop. Like, you know. Which is great, you know. Yeah. Also... On Tuesday, the school held its ceremony to commemorate Anzac Day. Mm. School captains took us to a brief ceremony and we heard some very moving pieces of poetry. And thank you to Miss Turner for helping the Year 6 students in organising the assembly. Yes, and today, Thursday, the prep uh, to Year 2s have had a kaboom percussion incursion. Mm. We'll be talking to Miss Tan about this tomorrow. Sounds awesome. And also this evening, it's the secondary school transition parent information after school in the Burr building at 6.30. P. But by the way, you're hearing this, it's probably going to be like, happened. Yes. Uh, this Friday, the Year 2s have a toy incursion mm. and some of our interview interviewers will be taking, talking to Miss Cleghorn and some of her students about this. And I've also heard that they're... Mm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I've also heard that on Friday we are having our Wembley Outdoor Cinema at 6.30 to 9.30. And the movie is The Secret Life of Pets. And it's actually kind of funny. 
is the that's 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 the bell. That's the bell laughing, considering the fact that the main character in this movie, the owner of the dog, is called Katie, who has a beagle like Katie McClue. Wow, which and is funny. So that's Genuinely. plenty for the first two weeks of school yeah, already. No. So next we have the house athletics carnival. Not just not just normal athletics, but mm. we had house athletics, which means yes. we were competing for our house, and that's coming up now. because of athletics. Now, Fanola, how does house points work at athletics? Well, if you're doing like good cheering and stuff, then you get a little card that's house points, and also if you win the event, then you get Okay, cool. And has house points made athletics fun? Um, it hasn't really changed it, but it made it makes it a bit more competitive, competitive than it already was. What is your favourite sport? Um, shot point. And or high jump. Okay. Uh, what house are you in? I'm in Crookshank. And have you broke any records? No. Okay, thank you for my life. Tariq? I'm going to ask Tariq a few questions about athletics. So, are you in, are you in year five? Yes, I am. So you know about house points? Yes. So, has house points made athletics more fun or fun? Well, yes, because it's more challenging and you're more curious to... Yes, because it's more challenging and you're more curious to win. And do you get what do you get points for? Uh, for good sportsmanship, helping, um, being nice, showing school values, and other stuff. What is your favorite event event in athletics? Well, I don't know. Uh, I'll probably go hurdles or discus. So today we're at athletics. I'm just gonna ask Roller a few questions. Now, Roller. What is in athletics? So what events? Triple jump, mm-hmm. high jump, 100 metres, 200 metres, triple jump, uh, hurdles, uh, shot put and distances. Yep. Uh, thank you for that. Um, what is your favourite event? My favourite is high jump. So you're having, are you having fun in athletics yet? Yep. Yep. And... What age you group are you in? Ten. Ten girls. So you're in your year four? Yep. Yep. And have you broken your records? Um, I kind of broke my high jump. Last year was horrible, but this year I made it to the last round. Good job. And Hi, wait. Hi, I'm Lenny from the podcasting team, and today I'm talking to... Chanel, Jessica and Lily um, about athletics. So, has house points made athletics fun or more enjoyable? Uh, yeah, more enjoyable. It's made giving you something to work for. It's made us help all the house teams and make it good. And what do you get points for? You get points for behaviour and effort. Okay, and did you get any ribbons? Uh, yeah, I got a third. <laughs> and what house are you in? Cool it! Crookshank. Westgate is always the best. Westgate. Now, what age are you all in? Under 12. 
And here's your house teacher, Liz. Uh, oh yeah, Mr. Collins and Miss Mason. Mr. Pempty and Miss McClure. We have Mr. Wells, Miss Turner and Miss Baker. And thank you all for participating in this and hope you have a good athletics day. Bye. So as I mentioned before, this was not a usual athletics. Not because like the events changed or like, you know, like we had a new event and people rode around on brooms. <coughs> yeah. And it was mainly about the fact that we were trialling house points competitions. Yes. Mm. And for that homework that week, we made a bandana with a house mm. colour. So, like, yellow for Crookshank, um, red for Coolin, green for McIver, and blue for Westshank. So, um, we also, on the day, we got, like, points for our houses for, like, event results, mm. sportsmanship and values, and attendance on the day. Mm-hmm. So, we're given these, like, pink slips. Yeah. Which we handed Miss McClue, and they got added to our house total on the day. Mm. And the final results for the day was so extremely close for the last two. Mm. In fact, it came down to the last 15 points at the end of the day. Yes. Except... Colin did, in fact, win. Colin won by beating Crookshank by a mere... 15 points. So that's three purple cards, pink cards, I mean. Mm. Pink cards that could have been. But we should also mention the students. There were very high flyers in the score-wise for their houses. Mm -hmm. Daniel Snell for Crookshank. (laughs) Luke Anders for Crookshank too. (laughs) Pull out of mind. And also Evie Patswold. And for Coolin, Will Scothin, Hannah Scothin and Oscar Gale. They were very, you know... Very good high pointers. For McIver, yes. Emily Demevsky. Mm-hmm. So great job to Emily. And for Westgate, we had Ella Giddy and Harvey Redpath. Yes. So congratulations to those people, and <laughs> including me. Just a question Ooh. going around. Do you think it was better having the houseboat system in the... Yeah, in because the... it made things much more uh, competitive, you know? Yeah, yes, yes. What do you think, Mitch? Yes, I thought I thought it was a good addition because it like ties in with the whole houseboat thing that we've yeah. added. And I think it like you know more competitive and it's like you have a reason to actually you also know. yeah so, mm. it's good so now we have lola freeman from 56a who went to darwin to assist in a dance workshop so she basically taught dance and mm. that's coming up right now We know uh, Lola Freeman of 56A went to Darwin uh, for a dancing workshop, basically teaching dance in Darwin. Mm, that's cool. So uh, some of our interviewers went to uh, interview her about the experience. So here it is. Hi, I'm Eleni, and today I have Juz, and we're from the podcasting team. And today we have Lola Freeman, who we're going to interview. Um. So. Um, Welcome, Lola, to the um, podcast. And so last week you went at school, but actually you were in Darwin, right? Yes. And um, so you went to help out at a dance academy. Yes. So Wait, what's the dance academy called? Well, the place that I train at is called TAC, the dance company. Okay. <laughs> so what was the real reason of you going to help out um, 
the D Darwin Dance Academy? Um, well, my, uh, one of my coaches, her name's Rebecca Davies, she asked me to come assist with one of my friends, Zoe, to fly up to Darwin and then assist with her. And so, yeah. Um, can you tell us about the experience? Um, yeah, it was very fun. It was very hot and um, there were a lot of crocodiles. <laughs> um, was this the first time you've involved, uh, been involved with existing? Um, no, so I've done five workshops so far, but I've done three interstate ones. So I've been to um, Brisbane, then Sydney, and then this is my third interstate one to Darwin. To help people? Yes. Um, so Miss McClue tells us you do lots of dancing during the week. How much is a lot exactly and where do you dance for? So, yeah, um, so around about hours, I do about 20 hours a week. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, I do morning sessions for two hours and then mostly after school. Yeah. Do you do any other sports? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Is it a hobby or do you think um, you grow up to be a dancer in the future? I hope so. I, it's my plan so far. Um, do you have any tips for students wanting to get into dance? Um, we'll just never give up, and if anything seems to be hard, just keep trying. Okay, um, so thank you, Lola, for um, being here with us today. And thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> good to go interstate with your hobby. Like, if you have a really good, ho like, a hobby that you passionately do every single day, like, for example, dancing, it's always good to go interstate or into... into yeah, instead, okay, just to, you know, teach people or do something about it. So, it sounds like it was fun for Lola. Um, I hope she goes another interstate. Mm. Um, coming up next is story time with Erin. Austin, mm. who was a grade four teacher, the same teacher who helped turn our student logo designs for the house into a digital copy. So, Erin yes. Austin is a very, very good grade four teacher. So, she's keen to do a regular story time thing, read aloud. And this is her first story. But we've also got an interview with our students about this new feature. So, here goes the interview and the story time. I'm Tessa and I'm Millie and we're here with Erin today. Uh, Hi girls. The new teachers that are teaching year four. Is I am teaching year four, four A. And she's going to do a new feature that we have done or that we are doing for the podcast. So and that new feature is called Story Time with Erin. Yes, Story Time with Erin. And the first question is, Miss um, McClue says you approached her about including a new feature on the podcast. Can you tell us a bit more about this? I uh, have always really been interested in starting a podcast myself, um, but I haven't really had time. And I thought, what a great opportunity to read to you guys um, and to share that but then maybe have student stories be read as well so anything that's really fantastic it's a great opportunity to publish um, and I thought that I can't remember 
remember. Yeah, I'm just really interested in reading stories. Oh, that's what I was going to say. My kids have always loved listening to stories when they go to bed at night. And I, as a child, also listened to stories going to bed. So I thought I'd continue on the legacy and read stories for you guys. Well, I think that you can expect me to be reading you stories, different kinds of stories. I'm going to experiment with stories that are appropriate for children of ages prep and up. Um, so, but I would also maybe be interested in people emailing or contacting you guys with requests. So any stories that people particularly like. But for the beginning, I think I'll just do short stories. Um, will you have, because you know how with our podcast we have different episodes, will there be um, different episodes for different ages depending on the story? Or will you read like a serial book or something? That's a great suggestion. And I honestly don't know how it will turn out at the moment. So I'll, I'll ask you to maybe get some viewer or listener feedback. And we can continue to improve and make it exactly what our audience wants. Why do you think including this on the podcast is an important idea? I think it's really important to have stories for children to listen to, like I said. And I think it's really powerful that here at Wembley you can have a voice and say, Hey Erin, I'd like to listen to this story at night. Um, and I think it's a great way for children to be able to listen to stories with so many parents being so busy they can't always read to their children at night. So here's an opportunity for you to read to others and for others to read to you. Um, Miss McClure was also mentioning that you might be thinking of creating time for students to read some of their own stories. Yeah, like I said before, I think it's a very important way of publishing. We don't always have to write things down to publish. Would they to read share. their own stories though? Like could they come in or would you always read them? That's a great question. Uh, I'll put it back on you. What would you like? Probably you. Me read it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have to collaborate with students and see what they come up with and I would love to read children's stories. That would be fantastic. Um, what memories do you have of being read to when you were younger? Great. So I was... Talking about that earlier, yeah, I remember reading Heidi, uh, a story about a little girl who grew up in the country, and I remember uh, my parents being extremely busy, um, very loving parents, but not always being able to find the time to listen to me when I specifically needed it. And so they bought me a tape player and some tapes. There was Heidi and the magic faraway tree and another one. Um, and what was really cool was I was able to listen to the parts that I wanted to listen to because I wasn't really able to read all the words for very complex books, but I loved the complex books. And I always found it fascinating when I would listen for a little bit of time and then wake up and say, oh my goodness, how much have I listened to and have to find where I was up to and I'd have to press the rewind button because tapes don't have CD moments, chapters. You have to rewind back to where you are. So you're very lucky being able to go back and forth in chapters with modern technology and podcasts. Um, you know how you mentioned Heidi? 
When I was little, I always used to think Heidi was pronounced Heidi, and I was like, hey, Mom, I found this new book, and it's called Heidi, and it's my favorite. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's a valid way to read that word, and that's why we listen to stories as well, to listen to new words and words we can't hear and pronounce from different people. Do you have a favorite storybook? My dad used to read, I was talking to him about this the other night, it's a storybook of lots of different stories and we cannot find it. He thinks he's put it in storage and I would love to bring it in and read a couple of because they're little short stories that are extremely intricate and a lot of them I still remember as being very important stories that taught me lots of lessons. Um, so I'll try and find that. I cannot even remember what it was called but stay tuned. Otherwise... I really like stories that have a lot of description and also lots of characters, crazy characters. So more, most importantly, um, what stories have you chosen to read? I have two today. Uh, I thought I only had one and then I remembered that it was Anzac Day and it was a great opportunity to find an Anzac story. So the first story I'm going to be reading is a book called Anzac Ted. And the second story is from the Roldal Treasury, and it's a horrible story. It's a revolting rhyme called Jack and the Beanstalk. You've read that one? Yeah. Okay, so good choices? Um, yeah. yeah, winning. Why did you I chose Revolting Rhymes because it's uh, a story people know and it's got a couple of great characters in it and it's got a really interesting ending because I know a lot of children probably know Jack and the Beanstalk um, and I chose the other story because it's a simple story about a boy's teddy bear who has been to war in the Anzac Wars. Well, good luck and we look forward to hearing this regular feature. Thank you very much. Great interview. Thank you. Okay, this is Anzac Ted by Belinda Lansbury, and I am Erin Austin. Anzac Ted's a scary bear, and I can tell you why. He's missing bits, his tummy splits, he only has one eye. His fur is torn and dirty, and he hasn't any clothes. He doesn't hear with just one ear, he should have two of those. His head is kind of wobbly, and his legs are rather slow. Perhaps it's due to one or two encounters with a foe. I put him in the washer and I try to get him clean, but Anzac clings to bras and strings and things I've never seen. He never wins the toy show when, he's, when we vote for our favourite toy. He doesn't tote a single vote from any girl or boy. Instead, the class just ridicules all 27 kids though no one knows my Anzac's woes or just how brave he is. They just can't see his special or the secret he may hold. He might look worn and badly torn, but Anzac's very old.
See, Anzac was my grandpa's, and when grandpa was a kid, he made it through a war or two, just like the Anzacs did. Jade Johnson and Lily Newell, could you please go to your keyboard lesson? Jade Johnson and Lily Newell, please go to your keyboard lesson. Jade Johnson and Lily Newell, please go to your keyboard lesson. See, Anzac was my grandpa's when grandpa was a kid. He made it through a war or two, just like the Anzacs did. When Grandpa Jack enlisted, he was only 21. He kissed his wife and loved his life and hugged his baby son. Then Grandma picked a teddy bear, the bear he called his own. For luck, she said, take Anzac Ted. I know he'll bring you home. So Anzac Ted went off to war from Africa to Greece. And in each tent that Anzac went, he gave our soldiers peace. He soon became their mascot, and despite the diggers' dread, they knew that they would make it through alongside Anzac Ted. So Anzac was a hero when the war was finally done. Though battle-sore and scarred by war, he'd faced his fears and won. He never saw a medal, but some heroes never do, and we don't see just how we'd be without our Anzac crew. I know he isn't pretty, and some people roll their eyes, but if they see, like you and me, through Anzac's thin disguise, they'd see a hero, plain as day, who sits upon my bed, a hero who saved me and you. His name is Anzac Ted. Jack and the Beanstalk from Revolting Rhymes by Rule Dull, read by Aaron Austin. Jack's mother said, We're stony broke. Go out and find some wealthy bloke who buy our cow. Just say he's sound and worth at least a hundred pound. But don't you dare to let him know that he's as old as Billy O. Jack led the old brown cow away and came back later in the day and said, Oh, Mumsy dear, guess what your clever little boy has got? I got, I really don't know how, a super trade in for our cow. The mother said, you little creep, I'll bet you sold her much too cheap. When Jack produced one lousy bean, he he startled mother, turning green, leaped high in the air and cried, I'm absolutely stupefied, you crazy boy. Do you really mean you sold our daisy for a bean? She snatched the bean, she yelled, you chump, and flung it on the rubbish dump. Then summoning up all her power, she beat the boy for half an hour, using, and nothing could be meaner, the handle of the vacuum cleaner. At 10pm or thereabout, the little bean began to sprout. By morning it had grown so tall you couldn't see the top at all. Young young Jack cried, Mum, admit it now, it's better than a rotten cow. The mother said, You lunatic! Where are the beans that I can pick? There's not one bean. It's bare as bare. No, no, cried Jack. You look up there. Look very high and you'll behold each single leaf is solid gold. By gollikens, the boy was right. Now glistening in the morning light, the mother actually perceives a mass of lovely golden leaves. 
She yells out loud, My sainted souls, I'll sell the mini by a rose. Don't stand there and gape, you little clot. Get up there quick and grab the lot. Jack was nimble, Jack was keen. He scrambled up the mighty beam. Up, up he went without a stop. But just as he was near the top, a ghastly frightening thing occurred. Not far above his head he heard a big deep voice, a rumbling thing that made the very heavens ring. It shouted loud, fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Jack was frightened, Jack was quick, and down he climbed in half a tick. Oh, Mum, he gasped, believe you me, there's something nasty up our tree. I saw him, Mum, my gizzard froze, a giant with a clever nose. A clever nose, his mother hissed, you must be going round the twist. He smelled me out, I swear it, Mum. He said he smelled an Englishman. The mother said, ah, well, he might. I've told you every single night to take a bath because you smell. But would you do it? Would you, hell? You even make your mother shrink because of your unholy stink. Jack answered, well, if you're so clean, why don't you climb the crazy bean? The mother cried, by gad, I will. There's life within the old dog still. She hitched her skirts above her knee and disappeared right up the tree. Now would the giant smell his mum? Jack listened for the fee-fo-fum. He gazed aloft. He wondered when the dreaded words would come. And then, from somewhere high above the ground, there came a frightful crunching sound. He heard the giant mutter twice, By gosh, that tasted very nice, although, and this in grumpy tones, I wish there weren't so many bones. By Christopher, Jack cried, by gum, the giant's eaten up my mum. He smelled her out, she's in his belly. I had a hunch that she was smelly. Jack stood there gazing longingly upon the huge and golden tree. He murmured softly, golly gosh, I guess I'll have to take a wash if I'm going to climb this tree without the giant smelling me. In fact, bath's my only hope. He rushed indoors and grabbed the soap. He scrubbed his body everywhere. He even washed and rinsed his hair. He did his teeth, he blew his nose and went out smelling like a rose. Once more he climbed the mighty bean. The giant sat there gross, obscene, muttering through vicious teeth while Jack sat tensely just beneath, muttering loud, Fee-fi-fo-fum, right now I can't smell anyone. Jack waited till the giant slept, then out along the boughs he crept and gathered so much gold, I swear, he was an instant millionaire. A bath, he said, does seem to pay. I'm going to have one every day. This part in the podcast is a good idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, good to, uh, like, you know, just to listen to some story. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about, like, do you have any book suggestions? Um, yeah, maybe, a bit, maybe. Like what? I don't know, like a David, wow, which is like... Might be way too long. Maybe way too long. Um, no, actually, no, not really. Do you? Um, no, no, uh, no, but you know, I I trust that she reads good books. She'll find good books. So, that's about it. Actually, 
We well, that's about it for um, Aaron's story time. But now we're moving on to the big elephant in the room, Anzac Day. So as we know, it was Anzac Day this week, and we had our Anzac Assembly on Tuesday and heard some moving poetry. So now on the podcast, we're going to hear some moving poetry by some people who have written some poetry about Anzac Day. Mm. So here's some poetry about Anzac Day. Introduce. What up, Wembley? Hi, I'm Millie, and I'm part of the 2018 podcasting team. And today we have... Uh, we have... Sigrid, Emily, Amelia, and um, they're just going to be reading, and of course myself, and they're just going to be reading out their um, Anzac poems. So who's going first? Amelia. Okay, right. Okay, so I'm Amelia. Should should I say the title? Yeah. Okay, Anzac Day. Seagulls swooped. A world had shattered into war. One was a Turkish Turkish beach. Grey sky, grey sea, blood-stained foam. Defenders stood on their home soil, but bullets whizzed like a group of wasps. Men dug like wombats, hollowing out trenches in the ground. Soldiers sobbed in pain. Compassion and courage grew. The men's insides quickly turned into liquid. Disease killed more than bullets did. Life swept swept away like grains of sands. Seagulls soared once more. They stood on grassy hills and they remembered. 1915 to 2018, lest we forget. Who's going second? I'll be, I'm Sigrid and I'll be reading my poem. The Anzacs, April 25th of 1915. There are many words to describe this day. Unfortunate, upsetting, unexpected. The Australian soldiers were not expecting the hour of war to begin so early in the never-ending journey. Each hour was long and painful. The Australian troops collected air before jumping down to the crashing waves. Finally, soldiers reached land one by one, making their way up the sand. The unexpected war, the unexpected roar of war broke out. Soldiers' spirits lowered. Soldiers quickly falling to the sandy floor. Trenches were dug for safety, but no soldier was safe that evening. The sun slowly disappeared behind the rolling hills. Over 8,000 soldiers killed. They'll be remembered. Poppies grew on the land of the fallen troops. They will never be forgotten for their bravery, courage, and sacrifice. Hi, I'm Emily, and my poem's called Why Did I Come? As we land in Gallipoli, it all begins. First step and all wet. My heart racing faster than ever. Why did I come? Gunshots coming towards us. Bombs going off. People dying in the first five seconds. Why did I come? As we hide away, more of us die. Every, everyone fighting and dying for their country. Why did I come? Long days and unsafe nights as it all comes to an end. I remember the people who died. Why did I come? As I go back home with the people left, I look back at Gallipoli and the people we, have, we leave. I remember what I did. I know why I have come. Okay, um, I'm Tessa and I'll be reading my poem called Lest We Forget. Lest We Forget. Seagulls suit while fish fly. Big sheep's came. Germany had searched. War snatched and battered. 
One was the Turkish beach. Grey sky, grey sea, grey waves with blood-stained foam. The first feet touched the shore while red flowers bloomed in the white sand. They fought. Advance! Bullets whizzed like wasps. Fall back! Men dug like wombats. They took back crumpled bodies and soldiers who sobbed in pain. Flies feasted in the corpses while the insides turned to liquid. No flowers but blood under a parched, gun-stained sky. Lives swept like grains of sand. They left. They even escaped. Then the beach laid empty, but for bones, blood and boxes. Dead, rested under the sand, while seagulls soared once more, lest we forget. Um, hi, I'm Lily, and my poem is called The Anzacs. Footsteps heavy and loud grew faint as they climbed. Gunshots rang out, echoing in silence. Screams and yells, once bold and gallant, were now hushed and faint. Earth, once green and lush, now cracked and stained. Water, once pure and crystal, now muddied and black. Metal burned into dry mouths and tongues. Eyes, red, raw and wet. Gunpowder lingered in the air. Souls lost and agonised. Soldiers, now fallen, only through memories can they stand again. So that's all our poems. Hope you enjoyed and have a good day. Bye. Bye. Very, that was very well written pieces, a very moving yeah, piece. It, it, really like it pulled your heartstrings. Yes, really. pulled your heartstrings. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the morning ceremony. Me neither. Um, maybe next year, though. Yeah. As I say every year, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Thank you for the people who read those poems. They were very, very, very good. Mm. And uh, also thank you to people who read their poems at Assembly on Tuesday yeah, as well. The Anzac Day Assembly. Um, so that's about it for this fortnight. Um, so let's go to the outro. next week next week some of our teachers begin their mcrel or mcrel balanced leadership course uh we have also some visiting teachers from c home primary school looking to see how we teach literacy at wembley they're probably going to be changing a few things around once i come here because they'll see wow look at that beautiful wembley school Mm. also the year six students have the First of their personal development sessions. Yay! And the year fives had theirs on Thursday this week. Yeah. Um, the years have an excursion to S-C-E-R-E-S, or how I say it, Sarah's, which is, which is where the fives and sixes are going later in the term. Also on Friday, it's the district cross country, which I was close to making. And... Uh, we'll be back for our next episode in week four. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this week's podcast. It was very fun uh, having you listen to us, even though we're actually just saying it to a microphone right now, but I know that you're listening. Also, go into podbean.com or iTunes. Tell tell your peoples about it. Tell your grannies. Tell your nannies. Tell your pups. Tell your uh, semi-demi-dragons. I don't know. Just tell everyone about the podcast. So, signing off, I'm Mitch. And I'm Luke. Bye! Bye.